Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Laura Cheadle. Laura is an attorney, TEDx speaker, and betrayal recovery expert who works with women who've been betrayed by their intimate partner and want to move through the soul-shattering shock and devastation and be okay again. And being shattered by her husband's 15 years of infidelity, she uses her experience to help others speak up and advocate for themselves during their betrayal recovery journey and beyond. So today we're talking about advocating for yourself after infidelity. It's important because betrayal levels everything. So as long as you're rebuilding yourself from the ground up, it's important to decide all of the qualities, characteristics, behaviors, and boundaries you wanna have. Laura and I will be talking all about it. Here we go. Okay, everybody, we are with Laura Cheadle today, and we are talking about advocating for yourself after infidelity. So we are in for a treat because she's going to share so much having to do with really how to move through what I call one of the most painful of the human experiences. So welcome, Laura. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this interview. Absolutely. Yes, advocating for yourself, but clearly you must have moved through something pretty significant to realize that's what's needed at the time. Can you share your story? Oh, absolutely. After 23 years of, of marriage that I thought was a pretty great marriage, I was completely, as you might imagine, devastated to learn that my husband had been cheating for 15 years with five different women. And like so many other people out there, I thought I had a pretty good marriage. I thought we were partners. I thought we were a team. I thought we were really in this together. And again, as you sadly know, when you discover that, it upends your world, but it also upends your sense of self-worth. And I started wondering, I must be ugly and stupid and bad and wrong and in all, everything crumbles in. And that was the moment when everything crumbled in, when I was truly at the depths of that dark night of the soul, where I thought, what's really interesting about this? I'm an attorney and I advocate for other people. And looking back over my journey, I thought there were so many times I didn't advocate for myself. I leaned into the marriage. I would willingly sacrifice for husband, for kids, because I thought that was the right thing to do. But I had never really advocated for myself, which then led me to realize I didn't advocate for myself because I didn't even know who I was or what I wanted. And this infidelity journey became a really wonderful gift to start getting back in touch with who am I and what do I want? And how can I ask for those things on my own behalf without apology, without would you, it's okay, I can sacrifice. But to declare myself as the beautiful human that I am worthy of whatever it is that I need in whatever moment that happens to fall in. And it very often, it takes the complete and utter destruction of everything we've known for us to come to that conclusion that it's time to do something differently, think differently, feel differently, become someone different. So as far as just being a catalyst, your experience being a catalyst for growth, you know, I imagine in the very beginning, that just like what everybody goes through, it's the shock, the trauma, what the heck happened, that everything I thought was real and true, is it all a lie? You know, we, we're redefining all of it. Talk to us about how you found it to be a catalyst for your growth. 
Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. It's not like I learned it on Tuesday and on Wednesday I was up cheering for myself. There, there were a lot of dark nights. I spent a lot of weeks on the floor crying. I spent you know time bargaining and arguing with myself and refusing to believe it. Th there was a lot that preceded this whole catalyst. But what it was, my turning point was when I realized I kind of had a choice. I could be miserable and bitter. I could hate these other women. I could hate my husband. I could spend the rest of the, my life telling this story about this horrific thing that had been done to me and why I was entitled to be a victim. I could test that story for the rest of my life or I could actually start living for me. Because it hit me the longer that I focused on the past, on who did what, when, where, and why, the longer I was giving my power away to somebody else. And that wasn't what I wanted. I had given my power away in subtle ways that I hadn't realized all along. And now was truly my opportunity to decide what I wanted, to claim what I wanted, and to move forward. And that was really that catalyst moment. And I don't exactly know what brought it on. It was just a voice from the depths of my soul that said, this is your life, Laura. What are you going to choose? And you said living for me. What does living for me mean? You know, just when I, there are so many people listening and, and watching and, and they're here they are. Maybe they're in, and I always talk about the, the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. They are, let's say, in stage two. I mean, there has been that psychological earthquake. Life is defined into two camps before and after it happened. And they're like, what does that even mean living for me? I've lived just really for everybody else. Walk us through what that actually looks like in your experience. And then maybe somebody can get some ideas from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you said that because for a while, when I started thinking about what does it look like for living for me, the voices kicked in. You don't want to be selfish, Laura. You don't want to hurt your kids. You don't want to hurt your family. And that's when I started realizing I am a good, kind person. Living for me does not mean being stupid and living on a perpetual spring break. I have standards. I have goals. I have dreams. What it means is making myself important. What it means is if I need to rest, taking time to rest. If I need to step back and process and journal and read books and listen to podcasts, doing that. If it means I might need education or a new career or coaching or counseling, investing the time and the resources into those things because it's going to help me heal and process and know who I am and understand. It means really making myself just as important as everybody and everything else that I had made important. Because I don't know about all of the listeners, but it is my guess that many of the listeners fall into that camp that so many of us do. I have to do this for my kids. I have to do this for my house. I have to do it for the PTA. I have to do it for work. I have to do it for everybody else. And then at the end of the day, we'll say things like, I never had time to go to yoga. I never had time to read a book. I never had time to call a friend. And that's not okay. So living for me means I am the only one that is going to advocate on my own behalf. Nobody else is ever going to come in and say, oh, you look tired. Why don't you go take a nap? I'm going to make you a cup of tea and hand you this book. Will you sit here and read? 
That's up to me to determine what I need and to create that space and those boundaries to get it. And that's so important, boundaries, because, well, first of all, there are a few things you said that I really want to um, just talk about a little bit more, because as you redefine these boundaries, as you create new boundaries, as you take your own needs seriously, a lot of people don't like it because now that affects them and that impacts them. Tell us like the dynamic of what shifted for you when you started taking time for yourself and you started creating new boundaries. Like, Did that affect people in your family or in your life? Absolutely. And while I'll, I'll talk about the pushback, yes, because there was a little bit of pushback, but what also shocked me was the people who would come to me and say, I'm so glad you're finally taking the time to do this. You have been so caring and loving and you have been this super mom and you've done all these things. It's so nice to see you taking time for yourself. And that was profound too, because I thought, oh, wow, I really have been living for other people enough that other people notice it. So that helped keep me going. And then as far as the pushback, because yes, I did receive some pushback because you're changing an entire family system. You're changing an entire dynamic. What helped me through the people who kind of pushed was stepping back, not engaging right away, and was kind of taking me outside of myself and thinking, if I had to advocate for my child in this situation, if I had to advocate for my best friend in this situation, I wouldn't just fire off with this emotional response. I wouldn't just roll over. I would step back and I would think and I would craft an argument. And removing myself, kind of making me the neutral third person and giving myself the time to step back and think, what is real here? Am I asserting a boundary that is totally unrealistic and I'm rolling other, over other people? Because if I am, I need to know that too. Or is this just transition? And being able to ask myself those filter questions would help me get through the times when somebody would kind of push back on a boundary because then I had a clear argument and I could express myself clearly that actually in this case, what I need is. Right. And I just want to address it because it takes a lot of courage to redefine boundaries. And a lot of people struggle with that because it's like, wait a second, I'm so conditioned to always putting myself last and I'm so conditioned to just saying yes to everything and everyone. And I find this, especially with women, I mean, men certainly do it too, but I find this with women. We are conditioned to put ourselves less, of course, by the time, you know, it's our turn, there's, we don't have the energy left for much of anything. But in redefining those boundaries, what do you say to the person who's like, it's going to be really hard. I don't want to deal with that confrontation. It's just so much easier if I just go along with whatever. Before we dive into today's episode, we have exciting news for our incredible audience. Brace yourselves for an empowering journey of healing and self-growth this September with our upcoming 21-Day Forgiveness Journey. For 21 days, we'll be sharing insightful stories and powerful strategies to help you master the art of forgiveness. We get it. Forgiveness can be tough. But remember, it's the key to breaking free from the chains of resentment and pain. And it's just a word until you do it. So let's make it happen together. Make these 21 days some of the most transformative of your life. And let's turn forgiveness into a shared, uplifting journey. Sign up at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash forgiveness and grab your handy tracker that we'll be using daily. We're thrilled to take this journey with you. Yeah, great question. What I would say is easier when. 
easier when, when. An analogy I like to use because I've got such a like a health and fitness passion is if you take care of yourself along the way, if you don't gain five pounds every three months, you never have the work of dieting and losing and getting back in shape. It's not that you have to have every meal that is perfectly balanced with carbs, fats, nutrition. It's not that you have to work out every day and do some cardio, some strength, some stretching. It's just that you're doing little things along the way. So you never have that situation where suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, I've got irritable bowel. I've gained 30 pounds. I have no idea where to even start. I haven't worked out forever. I can't lift weight. You're just keeping at it along the way. So choose your heart because it's all hard. It's hard to stay disciplined along the way. And it's hard to course correct after X number of years. So choose your heart. You know, and everybody, all my listeners and viewers know, I've been saying this for over 30 years. It's a mantra that applies to everything. Hard now, easy later. Easy now, hard later. Take your pick. It's going to be one of those two. Healing from betrayal is hard now, easy later. You are redefining yourself and you are creating a new version of yourself that didn't exist before this experience. That's trauma well served. Let's talk about self-worth and creating a new identity. Yeah, that's a big one. That's such a big one because for me, and again, for so many people, we're always kind of told what that next step is. You get good grades, you go to school, you get engaged, you have a dog, you have it. Like we know this whole trajectory of what we're quote, supposed to do. And that if we do all of the things we're supposed to do, we will be deemed worthy. And that doesn't take into consideration who we are and what we want. So I've got a process that I use and it's just, again, simple yet hard process. It's a five-step process of turning within. Instead of listening to that noise in the world, at this age, I should, da-da-da-da-da, it's turning inside and figuring out what it is I want and who I am. And once you do that, again, it's not like the, the, the magic wand never comes out. You are never deemed worthy, but you start feeling worthy. You start owning your identity. You start feeling comfortable and confident. And then, like you said, it's no longer hard. It's no longer hard to advocate for myself because I know who I am and what I want and what I deserve. Yeah. And I'd love for you to dive into those five steps. I think that would really be helpful. Yeah, perfect. It's the acronym FLAUNT. And I love that acronym FLAUNT because flaunting is being comfortable showing yourself as you are. It's not about over-exaggerating. It's not about covering yourself and apologizing. It's about flaunting. This is who I am. My flaws, strengths, and everything. So that's how you can remember it. The F stands for find your fetish. What is that thing that just makes you go, oh, I love this. I love playing with children. I love kitty cat videos. I love working out. I love making a difference with people. What is that thing? What is your fetish? What gets you up? What is that thing that when you come home and you go to bed at night, you go, now that was a day well lived. Find that thing. Find all of those things and lean into it. Don't let anybody slow you down. If you like crafting or gardening, find your fetish and do it. The second step in flaunt is for laugh out loud. Laughing is an amazing way to reset the nervous system. When we get jacked up and we're in that state of fight, flight, or freeze, we can't think clearly. 
Our nervous system hijacks our rational thinking brain. When we lean into laughter and we laugh, we relax. We are flooded with feel-good chemicals and our nervous system calms down and we can start thinking rationally again and making decisions that benefit us and everybody else. So is what I call the golden center of flaunt and it stands for accept unconditionally. I'm not real big on forgiveness. I'm real big on acceptance. How many <laughs> of us spent the first however long saying, if only this hadn't have happened, if only this hadn't have happened, that's where we get stuck. Well, yeah, if only I would have won the lottery. If only I, that's focusing on the past. Start where you are right now. Work on accepting it. You don't have to like it. But once you accept where you're at, then you can find the right tools to move forward. You can hire the right coaches, the right therapists, read the right books. If I'm not accepting where I'm at, I'm not even going to be listening to this podcast or buying a book. I'm going to be saying, nope, we have a great marriage. I'm going to buy a travel book because we're about to have this romantic trip. What's next? Oh, yeah. The next step is N, and that is navigate. Navigate the negative. Betrayal recovery is not a point A to point B journey. You're going to backtrack. You're going to slide. You're going to make leaps. You're going to think you're there, and then you're going to uncover something else. No journey is point A to point B. Do not expect this journey to be point A to point B. It's not that you're wrong, just navigate. And the very last step in really redefining your identity and trusting who you are is trusting your truth. Nobody else knows how you feel. Nobody else knows what you want. Nobody else knows what you're going through. Yes, it's so important to get information from other people, but at the end of the day, you have got to trust your truth. Like you, I stayed together with my husband. That was the deal breaker, but we both transformed on our own and then we got back together as two totally different people, which I really want to ask because for you to have newfound confidence and strength and sense of self-worth and, and all of that, yes, you did a tremendous amount of work. What was the work that he did? Did he do his work and how did you come out together? Absolutely. Absolutely. He did. In many ways, he did much more work than I did because the affair was born of his pain. The affair was born of his trauma. The affair was born of his inability to understand what he was feeling and what he needed. The affair was born of all of his child abuse. He was a foster child. It was born of all of that. This was his work to do. My work was healing me from the pain and the shattering of the betrayal. His work was to heal 50-some years of his own trauma. Perfect. And then we came back together. And I really wanted you to, I wanted to be sure you said that because it is a tremendous amount of work on both sides. Now, very often I've seen it. We have so many people coming into the PBT Institute where they are willing to do the work and their partner is not. And then you really have nothing to work with. You heal yourself and you move on. But if the other person is willing, and again, that doesn't mean you need to do anything anyway, but you still, you always heal yourself, but then at least there's the potential if that's what you want. But then when you do come back together, it's as two very different people. And I know people always question, well, how is it that person can really change? But Laura, I know you can attest to it. You totally are different. This version of you is very different than the version of you before D-Day, before Discovery Day. So just as you could change to the level that you did, 
it's the same for the betrayer as well. They can change as well. What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? There's so much. I think I want everybody to know that you will be okay. You will be more than okay. This, you've got huge potential here. Don't waste the potential. My whole tagline, everything that I like to say is betrayal uncovers the truth. It uncovers the truth of you. It uncovers the truth of your potential. It uncovers the truth of all that you could be. It uncovers the truth of everywhere that you need healing and growing and changing. Don't waste that. Is it hard? Absolutely. But look at who you can become and look at the joy that you can receive and the deep connections that you can gain and the relationships you can build, no matter if it's with people that you already know now or entirely new people. This is such an opportunity. Is it hard? Like you said, oh yeah, it's the worst journey I've ever been on. And it's the best journey that I've ever been on because I got myself back. And that is what matters. And it's really important to stress that because it's not even just you're getting yourself back. You are creating a new self that is so healed, so evolved, so much stronger, wiser, better in every single way. And I love that the focus is, because that's what I teach as well, the focus is on you. So much of our time and attention very often after a betrayal is, are they doing the work? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? And our resources are so limited. And if we're taking our limited energetic resources and donating them to anything other than us, it's depleting us further. We need to harness back that energy on deciding who do I want to be now? What do I need now? All those things that I've been neglecting, my boundaries, my this, my that, what's important to me? What's a yes? What's a no? Who do I want to be? And I love that you brought that up. You know, this is one of those things, and I know you teach this as well, that I don't know if I would say other than the loss of a child, I don't think it gets worse than that. I mean, that's why one of the discoveries was that betrayal is a different type of trauma that needs its own name for healing, which is now called post-betrayal transformation. And you definitely shared that. So this is an opportunity, everyone. This is an opportunity to recreate yourself. Don't waste the opportunity of a trauma. And I know it sounds so crazy, but you heard Laura, and you know I say this all the time too, the worst of it happened already. Use this as an opportunity to do something really good with something really painful. And that's trauma well served. So Laura, I want to thank you so much for your time, your attention. Where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? And you can go to betrayalrecoveryguide.com. When you go there, you get my free betrayal recovery guide and you can learn more about flaunting and getting back in touch with who you are. Great. Well, I want to thank you so much. And I know you shared such great information with our listeners today. So thank you. Thank you, Debbie. You will be okay. Take it from Laura and you can learn more about her and her work at laurachetel.com. Here's my biggest takeaway. Flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. F, find your fetish. L, laugh out loud. A-U, accept unconditionally. N, navigate the negative. T, trusting your tribe. I know how painful it can be in stage two and how stuck we feel in stage three. I also know how hopeful it feels in stage four and how different life becomes in stage five. 
Don't stay stuck. You deserve a life filled with love, meaning, purpose, intimacy, honesty, and so much more. And that can never happen if you're still in stage two or stage three. So let us help you. Just go to the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com, and in 90 days, we'll get you moving through the stages. We have a super simple way to know what stage you're in, and then we have a specific roadmap for you to follow to get to the next stage. For example, let's say you're in stage two. You go to the classes, the coaches, the master classes, all appropriate for stage two until you get to stage three. Then you go to all the stage three stuff, coaches, programs, classes, master classes, to get you to stage four. And then it's the same process to get you to stage five. Join us, thepbtinstitute.com, and see for yourself. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.